bloody hell! Hi, and welcome to the Three, Three Broom Chicks. Chicks. I'm Jenny. I'm Mary Ann. And I'm Elizabeth. And today we're going to be talking about Baytown, Ronald, Phileas, <laughs> Weasley. Ron Weasley! Hell uh, yeah! Literally, oh. babe. Jenny, you are so in love with him. I'm, I'm actually physically, spiritually, and emotionally attached to Ronald Weasley. She's so excited for this episode. I'm you guys don't even understand. You, <laughs> you don't understand. Imagine the thing you love most in the world. Multiply it times 10, and then multiply that times 10, and then multiply that times 1,000. And that's how much I love Ron Weasley. Oh my goodness. So I did before, not know your love was like that deep. Okay, you know how we discuss how I feel about Sirius? It's got nothing on Ron. Well, yeah. Bay town since day one. <laughs> love that guy. All right. So anyways, before I launch into my two-hour talk about how Ron Weasley is great and why you should love him, too, I want to say thank you to all the love that has been shown to us from our supporters. Yay! Yay! Not only have our friends been supportive, but strangers, and that's so exciting. <laughs> it is. Oh, my goodness. Seeing all these listeners from different states, from different countries. countries. It's blown our mind. Like, we had no idea that people would be able to support us so much, so thank you. Yes, thank you. Special shout-out to Tiffany from another Joe Potter podcast called Swish and Flick. Yeah. She makes me cry on Twitter almost <laughs> weekly. <laughs> she also DVRs Jeopardy, and I love it. <laughs> Still can't. You know, because of you, I actually watched Jeopardy while I was on vacation last week. You're welcome. I hope this is spreading in the world. They didn't ask any Harry Potter questions, and I was deeply disappointed. Deeply well, um, just so that everybody knows, I still watch Jeopardy every single night, and every time a Harry Potter question has popped up, I've taken a picture of it, and I've sent it to Elizabeth and Marianne. Yes. Yep. We've, You're we've welcome. missed this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, really quickly, uh, we ha don't really have many corrections from our Hermione episode that we, we, know, that we know of. I'm pretty sure, sure we got in there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are more, but one of our biggest, biggest corrections... <laughs> And I feel so bad that we got it wrong. Sorry, boo-boo. Yeah, sorry to our boo, our best friend, Syed. He was actually the person who corrected us about um, the train being in London. Yeah, not Raul. Not Diagon Alley. Although we still love Raul. Yeah, Raul is still the MVP. But Syed was the one that caught it. Yes. yes. So thank you very much love to our you, friend, Syed. He's one of our biggest fans. What, what? <laughs> All right, so now I also want to go into our questions from our fans about oh, Ron. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, so we posted um, on our social media and asked our fans what they want us to answer about Ron Weasley. And we got really good questions. Really great questions. Good questions. Thank you for sending them. Thank you for making me think. Yeah. yeah. Especially about Ron. Yeah. <laughs> She enjoys thinking about Ron. Yes, I do. <laughs> Even when you go to sleep at night. Yes, I do. That <laughs> one of actually one of my best friends. You know how you can have a picture for like caller ID. Mm -hmm. My picture is like Rupert Grant, circa 2011. Yes, <laughs> it's good stuff. He's wearing a scarf. He's smoldering with his eyes. So wow. what's the, so what's the question? All right, so yeah. we got a lot of questions, but we picked our two favorites. Then we're gonna pick one, but we have a bonus. Yeah, bonus, Jonas. Right. <laughs> so our first question is from Pixie Potterhead. Yes, who is also a Ravenclaw snaps. 
also a huge supporter on Twitter. Thanks awesome. for following us. Awesome. serious black. Yeah. Thank you. You're so great. And great <laughs> YouTube videos, too. Yeah. All right. So, she asked us, do you think Ron matured by the end of the series or had less development? I think that he matured by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. But I would also like to point out that this is the boy that jumped into the Chamber of Secrets with no hesitation to save his sister. So he was already pretty a cool guy. Mm-hmm. I would probably there. I would probably say he had the most consistent development within the series. Besides a few other characters, but I guess in comparison to Hermione, who we've already talked about, mm-hmm. his development was the most. Um, I'll explain a little bit more on my points when we start getting to the later books. On when I, I really noticed it the most looking back at my research, just how much he's grown emotionally. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I want to listen to the rest of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited, but yes, I agree. So I think I, he did. Interestingly, I disagree with Marianne. I don't think he was the most consistent in his development emotionally and maturity. I agree with you. I think he pretty much stayed the same, like, normal, you know, teenage maturity development until Deathly Hollows. I agree. So that is what I think. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it. Maybe yeah, I'll change your mind. All right. <laughs> Ronald Weasley. So thank you, Pixie Potterhead, for that question. All right, so our next question is from Diamond 12 Wolf. Wolf. And they asked, do you think he, a.k.a. Ron, deserved Hermione? I'm going to let Marianne start because we kind of already discussed this, and I like what she said. Um, short, yeah. So at first, if you were to ask me this question a couple days ago, I would say no. I don't think Hermione, I mean, Ron deserved Hermione. Looking back a little more and doing my research, I'm a little bit more open to the idea of Ron deserving Hermione. I think he eventually got to the point in Deathly Hallows where he did deserve Hermione. But I think the reason why before I didn't, believe that Ron deserved Hermione was because uh, I don't think that's really important when it comes to love. That's not really the point that, you know, Agreed. there's yeah. a reason why Hermione I think it was just the wording. Yeah. I don't think that anybody deserves anybody. Exactly. Because if in my mind, I was asking myself, well, then who would deserve Hermione? Uh, who is the smartest person, the most emotionally intelligent, per- like someone who would be at her level at every capacity that Nobody. she would need in her life? Yeah, that's like oh, so I was hard. Say that annoying Hufflepuff kid. Yeah, may I would no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say maybe Victor Crumb. Like that was like one of the first names that maybe popped into my head because he was one of the first people oh my God, to I really wish. notice her. I wish that you could see the face that Elizabeth yeah. giving Marianne. I this is just like wait wait hold on hold on everyone take a moment to say to really listen let's judge Marianne Marianne just said I this is like hold on hold on hold on you don't even let me explain my thought process okay but you just (laughs) I can't you put Hermione the brightest witch of her age Victor Crumb is as emotionally intelligent. No, you don't understand. We don't understand your mind palace. Exactly. (laughs) Those are two different things. Two different thoughts that I have. Like there's the dream guy, and then there's also the guy who noticed her first, who was the first person. Y'all need 
need to I'm glad let me explain. That. Y'all just jump onto my train before you get to it. I don't know. You just had Victor Crumb on yes, level of providing we two clothes together. And I just, like, my brain broke. We have a hashtag triggered. But, yeah. So, I don't know. I was thinking about it a lot while I the question was, brought up to me but I don't think anyone really deserves Hermione that's a really hard thing to define um but I still believe that Ron and Hermione deserve each other yeah at the end of the day Ronald and Hermione are a good ship 100 percent forever 100 if you did not catch if you did not catch my love rage my love during rage. the love rage that I had for her, Romaini, it was like in the last were, episode. You like, were like love raging for Romaini, and then I was like love raging for you. Love raging. <laughs> for love rage. Love rage. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, you're gonna hear way more of that love rage this episode too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get ready. Oh yeah. I'm sure some of our listeners are gonna be so happy when we change topics, so we're not talking about Romaini. Yeah. <laughs> but for now, here's Steph. Enjoy. So we're going to open up to the first book, because that's where we start. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if we started with the last book? We can. No, but it's not. not. <laughs> Too okay, confusing. so super cool to me, talking about Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, mm-hmm. is that he is literally our introduction to the wizarding world. I mean, mm-hmm. technically, it's it's Molly because that's who Harry hears talking well, at, at King's Cross. Technically, it's, it's Hagrid. Hagrid. Yes, but uh, but the but the theme when it comes to Ron yeah. is that he's always bringing up stuff yeah, about the yeah. wizarding world that yeah. Hermione and Harry might not necessarily know because they didn't grow up with it. It's one of my favorite things about the Golden Trio because Hermione knows everything. But Ron's got you with the wizard facts. Yeah. And I yeah. love it. Because I, I love Ron. <laughs> and, like, Hermione knows, like, the wizard book facts. She doesn't yeah. know, like, the day-to-day life of being a wizard. And so yeah. Ron's always there to slide in with his knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, stuff that they talk about a little bit is, like, the prejudices against trolls and stuff like that when they get into it. Yep. He's the one that really knows what that's like in the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. Because it's something that you can't really experience from a textbook. Mm-hmm. Wow. He's such a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we also start, especially when they're having the conversation on the train, we start getting to know Ron. I'm sorry, Ron- what conversation on the train? <laughs> I'm, I'm seeming to have a, a blank here. What is it? The conversation that they have on Hogwarts Express. Oh, and Hermione? Is it her that comes in to compart? Can you do that scene for me? I can't oh forget. <laughs> I will never <laughs> live this down. You won't. You guys want to catch a super cool British accent? Then do our teaser and listen to it if you haven't. <laughs> but anyways. Um, Sorry, Marion. <laughs> so something that we really... <laughs> Damn it. Something that... Um, Gives us a little glimpse of Ron's insecurities of the conversation that uh, Ron and Harry has have on the train. Yeah. Um, we start, he specifically says he has a lot to live up to. So his oldest brother, Bill, was a head boy, and now he's a curse breaker. Charlie was the Quidditch team captain, and now he's a dragon keeper. Percy's Super a prefect. Hockey. Yeah, Fred and George even, even though they might not necessarily have a title, they're pretty popular for being mischievous, class clowns. Yeah. And then we have Ginny, who's just a girl. Like, her <laughs> being born was her a first girl. achievement. Yeah. Um, so there, we already start seeing that look those glimpses yeah. of his insecurities. It's kind of crazy that we see that that early that he's so insecure already of, mm-hmm. you know, how he constantly compares to his family 
And he's insecure about, like, how poor they are. Yeah, exactly. And he gets a lot of hand-me-downs, especially he's the last boy in the family. So he doesn't really have a lot of things that are 100% his own. Yeah. You know what? I think that's one of the biggest bonding moments between Ron and Harry. Harry yes. has always had Dudley's hand-me-downs. Harry yep. never had anything mm-hmm. of his own. And I think that's definitely something that Ron and Harry related to with each other. Help their bond form. I think it was super nice of Harry, too, to be like, oh, man, this kid's embarrassed. Let me tell him that I do those things, too. Yeah. I thought it was super nice. But this is about Ron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, I was also reading about Ron um, on Pottermore. Yeah. And so, I remember us talking about, like, Hermione on Pottermore, and they list her skills as, like, almost everything. Mm-hmm. On Pottermore, they listed Ron with... Two skills. Excuse me? Yeah. What? Literally, what were they? Wizard's Chess. Of course. And Quidditch goal, Goalkeeping. They really did him dirty. Mm. That is... Yes. That was it. That's All right. It. So, I'm going to be writing a letter <laughs> to you, Pottermore. But you know what? It's wow. fine. Wow. I'm like, not hurt at all. <laughs> you're, like, actually, like... She's getting really upset because he's such a pivotal character. Yeah, he really is. I feel like no one really ever appreciates Ron unless you are looking for it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree with that statement. I think what happened with me, honestly, is that I just identify with him so much through no fault of anyone in my family. I have an older brother. And it just, I always felt like I was like kind of in the shadow. He was so good at school and he was good. And other things. <laughs> I wasn't, like, to that level. So I just always felt like I had to reach for that level instead of just doing my own thing, which I found out later in life. But I, I guess when I was reading the books, like, that was the time of my childhood. And so, I don't know. I just identified with him a lot. He's a great dude. He is. And I feel like also people underestimate him because he is our comic relief. Mm-hmm. Which all the also, time. that also bothers me because I feel like, at least in our group of friends, I feel like I'm the funny one or like mm-hmm. one of the funny ones. It's mm-hmm. just how I handle life. Like, oh, this is dramatic. Let's laugh about it. This is sad. Let's laugh about it. And I feel like he does that too. And he, they don't get enough credit for it. Yeah, like, I don't. said they. Just because someone's funny doesn't animal. mean that they're not serious, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's also really important to me that Ron is our comedic relief, mainly because, you know, he's our only reminder that they're still children. Yeah. Like, yeah. Harry and Hermione yes. act like such adults most of the time when it comes to their emotions like again like they still have like emotional teenage young sassy harry (laughs) oh man sassy harry (laughs) anyways you know they still have all these like deep dark emotional moments ron is almost always the only character who's actually reacting the way an 11 a 12 year old a 14 year old should do like Yeah. yeah as much as everyone faults ron for his fights with harry for him leaving in deathly hollows yeah i'm sorry but what 17 year old wouldn't react that yeah. way? yeah thank you elizabeth thank you so much for that justice that was served you're welcome Jennifer. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, so something that I wanted to mention, uh, but I forgot and I'm remembering it now, is that when they're going through platform nine and three quarters, Ron actually, I thought that he went with Harry, but he actually goes right behind Harry. And I thought that was kind of a cool imagery subject because it's like, that's going to be his like right hand man. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be right behind him. 
he's also really brave in that sense because he's very comfortable with not having to go before all these people. He was the last one out of the family. Yeah. He just was like, don't worry about it. I can be by myself going through this wall for the very first time that I've never done it before. I would have pooped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think um, I have a question. For us? Yeah. Okay. Well, for everybody. I don't know. If you want to answer it, answer it. Do you think that he was truly a Gryffindor? Because uh, I know that some people say that he only got sorted because everybody in his family before him got sorted into Gryffindor. But do you think that he deserved it? I think so. I I have a few points later on when we talk about that I personally believe that Ron Weasley is a risk taker. Mm-hmm. He always um, makes his decisions impulsively before he actually thinks about them. It's kind of like the oh, mirror, yeah. mirror of Hermione who thinks before she acts. So because he's a risk taker, you need bravery behind that. Yes, he has a lot of like Hufflepuff attributes. So he's probably like a Gryffindor with a Hufflepuff rising. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think he's true Gryffindor. I mean, he gets the sword by the end of Deathly Hollows. Like, you can't, you can't have found that sword if you weren't a true Gryffindor. Yeah. I mean, it appears for both of them. Both yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think this, the sorting hat doesn't make mistakes. I don't think the sorting hat will be like, oh, you're just a Weasley. Like, all the Weasleys are Gryffindors. Mm-hmm. I still think, like, the sorting hat, I guess, like, the movie doesn't let us really get into it and like we don't hear the sorting hat in the book Mm -hmm. so I really think the sorting hat and it was like yeah okay yeah you're a Weasley but you know you haven't you do actually belong in Gryffindor I think that um in the first book when we're playing wizard's chess at the very end when they're trying to get through all of those puzzles to get to the sorcerer's philosopher's stone Mm -hmm. I think that that is for the moment for me where he cemented himself as a Gryffindor Mm mm-hmm for a, sure. A thousand percent. Like, yeah. to be 11 years old and, like, you're in that situation where you right. don't know if you sacrificing yourself in this, you know, life-size wizard's chess game will cost you your life. Yeah. Because it could have cost him his life. Yeah. Like, he was sacrificing himself at that point. I think something super interesting that just I just thought about it right now. How dope is it? That he is, he has all these insecurities, right? Because all of his brothers before him has have been great. Like, he needs to live up to these expectations. But his ego isn't big, and he has the mind to let himself be sacrificed so that Harry can continue on. And he says it in the book. He says, Harry, it has to be you. What a dope dude. <laughs> I love it. I'm not going to lie. Harry Potter was truly blessed with... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, think Two about it. Two of the it. greatest friends. Think about the scene in the Mirror of Erised, right? He sees himself winning the Quidditch Cup. He sees himself winning the House that's Cup. So he's sad. a prefect, right? He has all these things going for him. And then in real life, he's like, no, dude, I don't need to be the star of the show. You need to keep going. I'm going to sacrifice myself. Mm-hmm. At 11. Mm-hmm. 11. I was, like, outside playing with dirt. This is amazing. <laughs> The Mirror of Erised also brings up his struggles. Again, you start actually yeah. seeing his deepest desires. What are his deepest desires? What are his deepest desires is him as head boy and Quidditch captain. And not only that, he's significantly alone. Like, he doesn't yes. have his family oh with him God. in the picture. Yes. He's by himself. I yeah. never notice that yeah isn't that amazing like you cle- like you can tell that harry has his parents with him 
But no, Ron is by himself. It's his victories. Which is funny because they're like they're complete opposites. All that Harry has ever wanted is family, and all that Ron has is family. Yeah, just an abundance of it. Mm-hmm. And then you know, <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess it's normal to be, like, one of, like, you know, the youngest children of such a large family. Like, it's very hard to get your voice heard. Like, there's so many more people talking above you. Like, I don't know what that's like. I'm just one of two, and I'm the oldest. So, I got everything first. And in general, we come from only small families. Like, Marianne, you're an only child. You only have your brother. But I grew up with, like, a family that has seven siblings, exactly like the Weasleys. And... Mm -hmm. I can tell you, like, I know them very well. Definitely the younger ones sometimes don't get, like, all the glory or yeah the, the prestige that the older ones did. They kind of, like, tend to fall by the wayside sometimes, especially in those early years, until they discover, like, more of, like, who they are. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Uh, I would just emotional. like... Yeah. I would just like to end Philosopher's Stone with the fact that, hey, Hermione... Tells Ron. He's got a little dirt on his nose. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're never going to live this scene down. No, I'm never. Just saying. Like, she clearly loved him enough and loved him for the dirt on his nose. Oh, my God. Liz gets really excited about a scene earlier in the book that she actually recreated herself. I tore a teaser. But anyways, Hermione <laughs> tells Ron that he has some dirt on his nose. And the other day, I got a, a voice message from Melissa <laughs> and she was, like, screaming into the phone. Do you want to tell us why? Yes. Okay. So, it just so happened that I was catching um, Fantastic Beasts while, you know, I was getting ready to, like, I was packing. I was just sitting. I was chilling. Fantastic Beasts was just on. I wasn't even, like, really paying attention to it. All of a sudden, it is a scene where Newt and Tina have, like, their first, like, close-up interaction with each other. And... Newt actually tells Tina, or, like, he's about to tell her that she has dirt on her nose. <laughs> but then he, like, stops short. And I'm like, what is this? Is this, like, a, a like a wizarding, like, sign of future love? This Literally. Is wizarding mating call. <laughs> oh, my God. You can tell if someone really loves you if you they catch the dirt on your nose. Wow. Like, so people just go around putting dirt on their nose and being like, are you the love of my life? <laughs> You know, something that the, 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 who who are the people that make movies? Directors? (laughs) The production team. Thank you. (laughs) You know, for being on a podcast, I always lose my words. Me too. (laughs) Good. That's fine. But yes, the production team probably like put that as like a little like, you know, a little, a little homage. Homage. No, what do they call it? Easter eggs? That's your egg. I'm sad for the times. I know the slang. <laughs> nice job. Nice job. Before, our, wait, hold on. Before we move on to, to Chamber of Secrets, I feel like we are doing injustice to Ron and Hermione. Never, baby. If we don't talk about probably, like, the biggest hump in their relationship, which is before the, <laughs> like, they were even a relationship, and it's Wingardium Leviosa. Okay. Wow. So the last time that we spoke about this I'm sorry, in the Ron Hermione was- episode... Super mean. Can you refresh my memory? Because I did the whole, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. 
And Elizabeth was like, that's not the book, it's the movie. So what happens in the book, please tell okay, us. Okay, so, <laughs> so it's just, instead of just like Leviosa being uh-huh. corrected in the book, it's Wingardium Leviosa. And so like, she... Listen to the episode. <laughs> We're sorry for the UK fans. I'm so sorry. But yes, like, the, she corrects the whole thing, and she okay. also corrects... His actual, like, wand movement. Wand movement. Okay. So she, I'm not going to lie, Hermione, that was a little too much for someone you had just met. You damn know it all. You know what? When you're 11 and you're feeling the tension and love is running through you, you know, you just say stuff. It <laughs> happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And Ron is, like, the traditional little boy who's mean to his crush. <laughs> I cry. Yeah, but not going to lie. That was pretty mean. Like, for him, like... To barely bat an eyelash that she ran out of the room crying. Oh. And it was only that he noticed that she was crying all day. That he's like, oh, man. Okay, we're going to stop bad. talking about this. Listen, he does that a couple of times. No, it no. just was very childish were glazing at the beginning. Things. So, I love Rod, but... Mm. Jennifer, if you love someone, you no, have to we love, love them. The whole, I know, we can't glaze over these things. I know, I know. But I love them you know. for their attributes. I know. And their faults. And their faults. And their faults. <laughs> All right, are we ready to move on to the Chamber of Secrets? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but we're going with it. <laughs> okay. So we open up to Chamber of Secrets. So we already start saying that there's a um, there's a pattern between Ron stealing the car mm-hmm. from his father. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time he steals the car is actually really it. In my opinion, really nice because you've had to imagine this entire summer because Dobby was stealing all the letters that Harry was sending to Harry and Hermione. Yeah. I mean so to Ron and Hermione, I apologize. Um if you're if you just made these friends at school and then all of a sudden your friends aren't like replying letters to you, but you ignore that fact and you're like, you know, it's not that I'm being ignored or being ghosted. <laughs> They must be stuck, and there must be something going on. I'm going to go rescue my friend. Also super brave. Yes. Because if I were to steal a car from Molly Weasley. At the age of 12? Pooping my pants. The whole time. And, like, flying a car. Like, you're driving a flying car. That's kind of crazy. Like, that's a lot. So, I thought that was really nice and really sweet to see. It was very... you didn't give up on him. Noble. Of course. I would say it's noble. I'm not quite sure if it's brave. <laughs> I would say both times that he stole the car, it was stupid. Why can't you be brave and stupid? I mean, they they're kind not of mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think that he's a risk taker. Going back to that, yeah, that he is impulsive and just think. He doesn't think before he acts. He doesn't think. Yeah, he just doesn't think. So he was like, "Oh, Harry's in trouble. I need to get to Harry. I need to get to Harry." Yeah, you see, he was thinking. There was a clear line of thought. Not Moving the up. best one, but... You know, didn't think the consequences that are... Wow, I sound so much like Hermione right now. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. He needs to sort out his priorities. Yep. <laughs> that so, was... I think it's cool that his family kind of introduces us, sort of, kind of, to part of the wizarding world in the first book. And then again, we get more stuff in the second book. Oh. Like the famous clock. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Which in the movie... I, I actually like what they have on the clock in the movies better than what they have in the book. Because yeah. when I went back to the book, the book says, like, time to make tea, time to feed yeah. chickens, you're late, 
Which, I mean, they're great, but, like, also Mortal Danger is super cool. Yeah. Which that comes in, into play during the movie, but whatever. The clock is cool. Um, and then Molly Weasley has books like Charm Your Own Cheese, <laughs> Enchantment and Baking, One Minute Feasts, It's Magic. You know, why Charm Your Own Cheese? Why do you have to charm your own cheese? I don't know, but I know that because of the Deathly Hallows and Hermione, you can only charm cheese if you've already got it, I think. Yeah, you can't create... It's one of those laws. <laughs> you can't create food. One of the laws of magic. I guess. Yeah. I forget, you know, the, the law, the property or whatever, but I know that it's a thing. And I think it's the first mention of Celestina Warbeck, mm-hmm. which is a super underrated character in my opinion. And I think we should have seen more of her. We also, in the movies, movie specifically, we get to see the knitting scene. Yeah. I mean, we get to see a lot of portion of the borough and how they live their daily lives. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the dishes, cleaning themselves and stuff. But the knitting specifically, I remember from doing the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, that was like the coolest thing because it was actually the most expes- expensive special effect that they ever used within the movie series. Freaking knitting. Which is cool, but also... Why don't we just take that money and make a good piece? But it's whatever. So, something that I was reading while I was doing research for this episode is a quote from the book. It says, What Harry found most unusual about life at Ron's, however, wasn't the talking mirror or the clanking ghoul. It was the fact that everybody there seemed to like him. And then I cried. (laughs) I cried all night. I cried myself to sleep. Because how sad is that? But also, how cool is it that his family just welcomes this kid, arms wide open, with no hesitation at all. Obviously, they're busy. They have all these children running amok, and they have way more important things to be dealing with than some, like, weirdo kid. But they take him in, and Harry feels like finally he has a family for the first time, and I cry. It's so great. Like, Ron is, like, his brother. Like, I think Ron is Pat's best friend. He truly is his brother, his sibling, which is a little weird, because then... He marries his brother's sister. <laughs> I think it was weird for Ron, too. Yeah. But he but, was such a good sport about it. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he eventually got used to it because, you know, they got married. Yeah. I mean, it was cute that he would, like, defend Ginny. Like, in Deathly Hallows when Harry comes back and they have that little makeout sesh or whatever in her room, which obviously Ginny orchestrated. And he's, like, defending. We'll get there. So, anyway. <laughs> So his loyalty, I think, is really outlined in Chamber when he will do anything to defend Hermione. Mm-hmm. The cutest couple ever. Duh. But this this kid has a broken wand because they stole the Ford Anglia again to again. get to Hogwarts. And after then they... Dobby, I almost said a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> after Dobby seals the entrance to Platform 9 and 3 quarters, and they get into that giant crash in the Whomping Willow, yep. which is super cool that we're already talking about the Whomping Willow, and it's going to be super important in the next book. Thanks, Joe. But anyways, um, he damages his wand in that crash, and with this non-functioning piece of wood, he tries to defend Hermione and tries to make Malfoy eat slugs after he calls her a mudblood. And then he ends up feeding the slugs himself. I feel like bravery point there just because he <laughs> couldn't. Yes, he's young. He's a young wizard in the sense that he might not know everything that there is when it comes to wands and how they react to certain spells, especially if they're broken, stuff like that. Yeah. But I think there must have been some kind of inkling in the back of his mind that clearly if he were to use the wand, it wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Something would backfire, but he still did it anyways. Again, risk taker. Wait, hold <laughs> on. I don't think he knew. 
he was just being stupid and not thinking. No, it doesn't matter. I have that you believe, right? Yeah, he knows that his wand isn't it, he's working. Using great, class, yeah. But, but he's just so, like, overpowered by yeah. his emotion <gasps> for Hermione. Uh huh. Oh my god. Exactly. Because okay, sometimes the wand would work, not to, like, yeah. the best of its ability, but no, it wouldn't sometimes. necessarily backfire. Do you think that his passion was just so strong trying to defend his lover? That it just backfired onto him. Yes. <gasps> I think Worlds so. are colliding inside my head. He's a risk taker. <laughs> he did not care what was going to happen if there was a like a 99% chance that it was going to happen to him. He didn't care. Do, okay, let me ask you a very serious question. Would you eat slugs for Raul, your husband? Yeah, I <laughs> That is the love that Raul and Hermione share. I'm going to be gone for the next couple minutes from this podcast because I'm going to be crying in Elizabeth's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Okay, so, so great. we've talked a lot about how Ron is, you know, the, for lack of a better term, I guess, the wizarding world expert in this little golden trio right now. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, so I just totally remembered there's a huge difference in, like, the whole slug part during um, the movie and the book that, like, really pisses me off. Oh, so I think I know where you're going. Okay, so in the movie... You know, they're in Hagrid's hut. Yes. They're, they're talking about yes. um, Mudblood and the gravity of the situation and why it means what it means. Mm-hmm. And Hermione is the one that explains yes. why she was offended mm-hmm. about Mudblood. I forgot about that. And I think it is so important yep. that in the book, Hermione has no idea that a racial slur was used against her. You know, someone who read so much, how this is not in a book is beyond me. <laughs> And yeah. it was Ron that had to let her know, like, hey, like, they just talked major crap about you. This is why. Like. Yeah. Political themes. Political themes. Like, <laughs> and, <period. laughs> and it's kind of sad to me that the movie took away some of this, like, huge knowledge that yep. Ron had about the wizarding world and yeah. just gave it to Hermione because she's the supposed to know it all. we face. The injustice we taste. And that also just adds another layer to their love that he was defending <laughs> her, even when she didn't know what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Like she could have, like, just walked away and been like, he just called me, like, a strange word. Like, what was a that? A strange word. I wonder what it was. And he's like, no. No. <laughs> okay, so, like I was saying before. Sorry. No, you're good. It was a good, it was a good Little tangent. Yeah, yes, I liked it. Um, so, like we've been saying, he's kind of this wizarding world expert. He's leading them through things they don't know because muggle world. And so he knows all of this information, right? He knows about he who must not be named. He knows what happened. He knows all these ugly, horrible things about the wizarding world. And this boy's most terrifying fear is (laughs) spiders. Yes. Not magical spiders, just spiders in general. Mm -hmm. And for that... We love you, Ron Weasley. My favorite quote from the movies is, follow the spiders. Why couldn't it be follow the butterflies? <laughs> that part. Yeah, every me. time. Every time. Oh, I'm, I'm getting dead. emotional with 12-year-old Rupert Grint. I can't. I can't. Can I just say, Rupert Grint's comedic timing, even for being so young. Perfect. It's, it's so perfect. Great. I like to think I was... Of, like, Rupert Grint and Ron Weasley as, like, one person. Because I, I feel like that yeah. was just cast so well. Did you guys know that Rupert Grint is also afraid of spiders? I just yes. learned it when I read your note. Yes. <laughs> really? You didn't know yes. that? Well, I saw a video, like, 
last week or something, they were doing, um, like, a bunch of promotion at the Wizarding World, I think, for Wizards Unite, and he was there, and he did, like, an interview with Tom Felton, so, the you promotion know, was I was for, all over that. The promotion was for Hagrid's ride. Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And now we don't have to make a correction in the next episode. So. <laughs> but they were doing, like, a bunch of interviews with the cast that passed by, and he was doing an interview with Tom Felton, so, obvi, I watched it, and he said that he was really afraid of spiders. Like, there was a choice of, would you rather do this or that, and one of the choices was spiders, and and he was like, nah, son, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> also, the creature designer, the person who actually made, like, Aragog, uh -huh. was also afraid of spiders. That's insane, because if anyone has ever had the opportunity, either at the studio tour yes. or mm -hmm. in the Harry Potter... Um, Rye. Exhibition. Ex the Hogwarts exhibition. Yeah, the, that. The exhibition. Mm -hmm. And also oh, okay. the um, Harry Potter experience weekend at uh -huh. um, Universal Studios. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They brought Aragog one year, and I also saw it in London. Oh, is it huge? Yes. Yes. The original Aragog is ginormous. Really? Yeah. Like, really, so cool. really big. Like, you guys do such cool stuff. <laughs> and it's so... Sometimes I watch the movies. <laughs> <laughs> we got lucky. We hey, got really I lucky. I literally planned my honeymoon to make sure that I spent three days doing nothing but Harry Potter stuff in okay. London. Can I yeah. go on a super quick tangent? Yeah. Um, Raul, if you're listening to this, you don't know this, but we still have beef. Because while on the honeymoon, Elizabeth wanted to buy a really expensive copy, I think of the Philosopher's Stone, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Raul vetoed it. And he talked her off yes. the ledge and she didn't buy it. And I'm still mad about it. I reached out to Elizabeth on her honeymoon. I bothered her. And I was like, I can't believe you just married this dude. He didn't let you buy the Harry Potter stuff. Okay, so the thing that was in London, it was in a special bookshop um, on the road where... On the street that Diagon Alley is based off of, there's a very small little bookstore, and it's killing me that I don't remember the name right now, but they Shame. have a lot of very special um, limited edition books. Like, they have, like, my limited edition of Tales of Beetle and Bard, which is where I discovered how expensive it is now, and I'm, like, flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs> so, there was a, one of the first ever copies of Philosopher's Stone, it was, like, one of the first ever printed and it was signed by J.K. Rowling. It was, I'm wow. not, I'm not kidding you though, it was over a thousand dollars. Or a thousand, yeah. I didn't know it was that expensive. It was. Like okay, US me and dollars? Raul no longer have beef. Well, it was like, okay, I think if I remember correctly, it was like 800, 900 euro. Okay, so conversion be, for yeah. us. It's like twelve hundred, twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, at the time, like, the conversion rate was super high, so I was, like, looking at it twitching and then tax on it, and then, like, you know, <laughs> what what would happen if, like, I brought it home and, like, something happened, because we were still going to Paris afterwards, so, like, oh. I was scared. Yeah. But then, like, it was more, Raul okay. was... You were being the Ron, and Raul was being Hermione. In that <laughs> moment, in that yes. Moment, yes. Because I saw Joe's <laughs> signature in front of my eyes um, in real life. <laughs> I was so close to having it. Okay. Well, that was a super great tangent. Okay. Circling back to Aragog and the spiders. <laughs> the only time I've ever seen any of these spiders is on the ride at Universal Orlando. Does anybody know the name? The... Like the ride in the castle? Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> so anyways, I'm on this ride for the first time ever, which I'm already nervous because if you've ever been, it's like a conveyor belt and you just, you've got to like run to your seat and get in it and it makes me super anxious. 
every single time. <laughs> and so finally, I'm sitting in there. We're going through the ride. Spoiler alert. There's some spiders. And they shoot, like, water at you. Yeah. And it shot water directly into my eye. Oh. Directly in it. Like an eye probably, drop. like, delicious. It was probably, like, lake water that they filtered <laughs> into their front. Because it's they filtered. And I was just like, I'm going to get pink eye. I'm going to yeah. die. I couldn't enjoy the rest of the ride because I was so <laughs> concerned about what just shot into my body. But, whatever. That was my story. Hope you enjoyed it. The end. So, Jenny, tell yeah. us a tea. So, the tea is. We go to Diagon Alley. We're getting ready for the school year. And who's there selling his books like an idiot? Gilderoy <laughs> Lockhart. Okay? And everybody's like, oh, I love this dude. He's so gorgeous. Oh He's so pretty. Oh and Ron is having a super big problem with Hermione <laughs> liking him. Like the whole year. It starts at the bookshop, I believe, if I'm not yes. wrong. Yes. And it continues through the year. And he just makes like little digs and sassy comments at her like all year for liking this dude. And I'm here for it. Stand up for your boo. Foreshadowing to mm-hmm. how he is going to react with Victor Crumb. Ooh, yep. How mm-hmm. does he do it? It's because he's, he's in there. love. <laughs> Anyways, I thought it was super cute. I don't know why. Like, when I first read that book, like, for the first time, when I knew nothing else of what was going to happen, I didn't really register on the fact that he might be jealous that she's into this dude. But obviously, now looking back, we knew what was going on in his emotional mind palace. Mm-hmm. He also held him hostage towards the end of the book, which yeah. is crazy, like, how it fully circles. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't say he held him hostage. Uh, he, <laughs> he had been obliviated. He was basically like... Yeah, but you still gotta, you know, keep him around. Just because he didn't know he was held hostage doesn't mean that he held Don't him hostage. Don't take this away from me. <laughs> How do you want to fight me right now? I think it was more like, you know, keeping like an animal within its crate. Its, its <laughs> like corralling an animal in an like, area. Say, like, don't can, wanna... we, can we just say he was babysitting? He was shep- yeah. okay. He was a dog shepherding the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's so great. What about oh what about that legendary scene though? The howler scene. Oh yes, my god. Liver it. <laughs> Every anytime that I think of Ron Weasley, I mean I think of multiple things, but one of the <laughs> first things that I hear in my head is that howler from Molly Weasley where she's like, Ronald Weasley <laughs> And it just reminds me of my mom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Kinda>. <laughs> Hope you're <Yep>. listening. <laughs> Anyway, it's so um, great. Oh man, shout um, out to Molly. It is 100% something that my mom would have done to me. Oh, my mom would have done it to me in a heartbeat. But also, your super. mom would have probably used so many howlers. <laughs> there so been many howlers. For every- there would have been a howler for like you getting in trouble. There would have been a howler for you doing something great. She would have been like, Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> it would be a howler if it was a full moon out. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Marianne! Marianne! <laughs> <laughs> also, I love that Molly, not only the way that she says his name and then scolds him like a savage, and then she's like, Jenny, dear, we're so proud of you for being sorted into Gryffindor. I love that movie and that scene yeah. and Ron and the Weasleys. Weird sure. tangent. Why would you be proud of someone being sorted into a house? It's not something they did. Yeah, it is. 
They didn't no, do anything. Well, they didn't do anything, but they are, you know, it's like your personality that gets you there, right? Those things so that she... wake you up. I mean, I think it was just be like, hey, like, you know. So really, Molly's patting herself on the back for raising good children. <laughs> I also have a thought. Yeah. Did she ever congratulate Ron for making it to Gryffindor? Probably I not. would hope so. I would hope so, but did she? <laughs> but did she? Did we see that? We're so judging you. That's a. Could you imagine being Ron in that scenario? You just got yelled at, and then Ginny gets a congratulations, and he's just like, "Did I ever get a congratulations?" I'm crying in the bathroom again. It's, <laughs> it's all fine. So, Ron. um, I think this is kind of a good blow into the fact that this kid will literally do anything for his family. Imagine being twelve. Slytherin's monster's been on the loose. Your best friend is petrified. You don't know what's going on. And then, boom, somebody's got your sister. She's down in the chamber. And he just goes. He's just like, which this scene always bothered me because they're ready to, like, go to the teacher's staff room with all this information. And then they just don't. And they're like, oh, no, got to go do it ourselves, this little 12-year-old. Got to solve it right now, our way. And it just always bothers me that they don't just walk into the staff room like, hey guys, we found out what's going on. Want to give us a helping hand? But I mean, if you also defeated Voldemort at 11 years old. (laughs) He who must not be named. (laughs) This is the run episode. You will not use his name. Fear of the name only increases fear of the thing itself. (laughs) Okay, Dumbledore, her (laughs) mighty. All right. But yes, I think this is a good place to... I'm sorry, I just read whole teacher hostage like a gangster. <laughs> Mary Ann, your notes. That was no, me. that wasn't mine. That it was, was actually me. I wrote you that. Wrote that? <laughs> I wrote that and that I forgot that I wrote that. Snaps for Jenny. <laughs> Laughing at yourself. Right. Always. So I think this is a good tangent going into now. Prisoner of Azkaban, my favorite book. Yeah. Yes, girl. It's all right. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's like my second favorite. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have to give me a moment to recover. We already established that Half of Friends is my yeah. favorite book. We know this. Favorite movie. Oh, we know we're this. not getting into the movie fight again. It's a good movie, Elizabeth. Get over it. <laughs> no. I'm like Harry, just like watching the bird. I'm just like nervously like. <laughs> Miss Spirit, oh, on. All right. His buddy. We'll do okay. Okay, I'm done now. So the prisoner of Azkaban. We finally see Ron with a new wand. Oh my god. <laughs> it's just there's so many emotions. Finally. I really hate that he gets a hand-me-down wand because it's such a personal thing. The wand chooses yeah. the wizard. And yeah. that wand did not choose him. And so I get really excited because I think that Ron is talented. And I feel like a lot of people think that he's not. And I he think is. that him finally getting his own wand really helps him kind of come into his own. And we really start to see him shine. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great. So, okay, in the second book, we get the feeling, the idea, right, that Ron doesn't like spiders. But then in the third book, we have Lupin. Let's a moment for that greatness, because I also love that guy. <laughs> but um, he is the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. And they finally face, like, Bogarts? Bogarts? How do you guys say it? Bogarts. Bogarts. Let us That's know what I I'm interested. Because I flip-flop back and forth. But anyway, so we uh, meet Bogarts, which materialize as your greatest, deepest fear, which, like, ow. <laughs> but anyway, so his Bogart, again, is a spider. 
And I, I can't have any more love for this for this man. It's confirmed. It is confirmed. That's kind of crazy that, like, out of everything to be fearful in your life, spiders. Spiders. Which is, ugh. I love this dude. So, anyways, we confirm it in the third book. So, we haven't talked about a very specific character who comes very, very important within this book named Scabas. <laughs> Ron's rat, which was also another hand-me-down from Percy, Ugh, and then gross. We, which P.S. How how great is it that literally the worst dude comes from the worst Weasley? No, all nothing. But all nothing. I, I don't want to hear it. I never had feelings for Percy ever since he, he betrayed his family. Yep, even yeah. when he came back, I was like, no, you're only coming back I'm because. He literally only came back because his situation didn't work out for him. Yes. If everything worked out for him, he would have never come back. He can mm-hmm. take those horn-rimmed glasses and stick them where the sun don't shine. I find him annoying, too. I just feel bad because he's a Weasley. Can you imagine, like, being Molly and Arthur and being, like, having one of your sons? Bye. Just... You have so many other ones. Next. Uh, anyways, so we find out that Scabbers is turning into Peter Pettigrew. He's um, not turning into Peter Pettigrew. He is Peter Pettigrew. That he is Peter Pettigrew. I apologize for that. But at first, we kind of see that Ron. This is the first time that we really get to see Ron's stubbornness, and he's literally um, he literally stops talking to Hermione, thinking that Crookshanks ate Scabbers. I hated Crookshanks just because Ron did for such a long time. I cannot, but I, it's, and he didn't believe his, his, like, one of his closest friends, which could also be because he had a crush on her and he was just blaming her, whatever, but it didn't get until Hagrid was like, hey, oi, oh, this ain't cool, <laughs> be like, nice to Hermione. I like your Hagrid. Oi. <laughs> um, we also don't really see Ron as much because with our golden trio the first time around trying to save Sirius and Buckbeak, Ron gets hurt in the process. Yeah. So because of that, Ron's kind of left behind. Sort of how Hermione was petrified for a part of the book in the second Whoa. book. Whoa. So this is a, like a flip of that. It's really about Harry, huh? Yeah, I it guess. His books, you know. <laughs> it's his books. Harry Potter and the... <laughs> and the what? So uh, it's a good kind of way to still keep Ron connected to the story without having him to physically be, be in the story. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, Sirius Black notices that Scabbers really isn't working out for him as a pet, so he gets Pigwidgeon. Pigwidgeon. Uh, well, yeah, I guess it's Pigwidgeon because he calls him then Pig. Yeah. But I've always said Pigwidgeon because I can't say words. Because I can't <laughs> say words. So anyway, um, some little thing that happens kind of throughout all of the books, which I find super inspiring, is that Ron is always eating. <laughs> oh, always. Always. There's a list, I think, somewhere on Pottermore that lists out all yes, of yes. the I just looked at <laughs> food it. he eats. Yes. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. So anyways, there is, go check that out on Pottermore, but my, I think one of the greatest things in this book is when Sirius Black breaks into the Gryffindor common room, mm-hmm. he is literally physically standing over Ronald with a knife in his hand, and Ron tries to tell Percy about this. I'm going to outline that we tried to tell Percy about Sirius Black. And Percy <laughs> says, uh, nonsense, said Percy, looking startled. You had too much to eat, Ron. Had a nightmare. How, uh, how much do you have to eat to have a nightmare? What does that even mean? <laughs> okay, so I actually kind of, I understand where Ron is coming from here. Ron. 
Or Percy. R- like, Percy, from, like, saying, like, oh, that Ron probably had a nightmare because he, he ate too much, uh-huh. and Ron probably because he could have been having nightmares because he ate too much. Is that a thing that happened? Yeah, So, have so. you ever heard of the meat sweats? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I went into one of those, like, Argentinian restaurants where, like, they have, like, the cards that say green means Uh-oh. more meat, red means no meat. Yeah. And so I'm a, I'm a really bad carnivore. And especially when I was younger, I loved eating steak. I could eat it all day, every day. And one day I just kept the Argentinian steak, like the little green oh. sign up. So the it's coming whole to your table. <laughs> nights. I literally could not, like I had, I had nightmares at night. What? I was, I was sweating I, for, for, like, days. I couldn't eat meat for a month. <laughs> I became a vegetarian for a brief period of time after that. <laughs> because think about it. How long do you do you eat at a restaurant? Especially those types of restaurants. You, you're there for a while. You're, like, two hours. Yeah. Or, it's really expensive. You're going to eat all the meat you can. Well, I got my parents' money worth because they bought it. <laughs> and I kept that green sign on the whole time. It was my Ron Weasley moment in my life. And to this day, I sometimes have nightmares about it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what? It was very painful. Oh, my. I love this. I love this so much. I think that's good for the Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else Ron-related we need to bring up? I'm sure there is, but for the purposes of this podcast, we're moving on to the Goblet of Fire. Ooh. The Goblet. Hmm. Ugh. How okay. all of us just sighed there. I know. So, obviously, there's some problems. Ron... Ron was being a true 14-year-old, okay? He was. He was showing us the real emotions of a teenage boy. Yeah. (laughs) So, obviously, they have a little tiff. What is the tiff? (laughs) What's the tea? (laughs) What's the tea, sis? What's the witchcraft? Okay, so got a lot of fire. Obviously, we have these people coming in from different wizarding schools. We're going to compete in the Triwizard Tournament. And everybody wants to submit their name and be cool. And so, you know, him, Bron, and Harry are brainstorming about how to get around, like, Dumbledore's age line. Well, obviously, spoiler alert, Barty Crouch Jr. does it, and he puts Harry Potter's name in the cup. I and love Barty. obviously, he gets, he gets called out of the cup, and Dumbledore calmly asks him if he put his name in it. <laughs> but then Ron comes up... <laughs> But then Ron goes on this little expedition of stupidity, and he doesn't believe that Harry didn't do this, like, on purpose. And he gets really mad that Harry didn't tell him, like, how he got past the age line. And he's just like, you just wanted more fame. And I'm like, okay, it's named Junior. Calm down. And so they have a little bit of a fight, and it's kind of a low point, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I, the whole time, I was like, Ron, you're having a little temper tantrum. Literally. Like, you know Harry probably better than anyone else in that school. Uh, you know for a fact, since day one, Harry Potter does not like to be known as only Harry Potter, the boy who lived. He, he was, does not like his fame. But you know what? It's a, it's a good lesson. People make mistakes. You know what, though? I think Ron was just projecting his insecurities onto Harry. Yeah. You know, Ron couldn't have his moment of glory and, like, 
for the most part, throughout, like, the four years, like, if something happened to Harry or whatever, and he got glory in school, at least Ron was mentioned, because he was part of it in Sorcerer's Stone, in Chamber of Secrets, he was part of that. But this is the first time where he's like, whoa, like, I'm, where am I in this? Like, did you do this? Did we have a part in this together? Like, why did you leave me out, bro? And then eventually, <laughs> <laughs> eventually, you know, after they re- reconciled or reconciled, reconciled, um, with after the dragon challenge, and you kind kind of start seeing that this is a little bit of a difficult tournament, and it's not no. necessarily something that Harry wanted to put himself in. Difficult. Yeah, a little bit, you know. Almost gonna die every time, but it's fine. It's fine. Ron actually starts opening up and understanding and being there for Harry, but then that kind of anger and jealousy starts shifting a little bit when we start seeing... Now, Hermione, he's like, Hermione, the Yule Ball's coming up. You don't have a date. Why don't we go together? And You're she's like, um, excuse me, I already have a date. Move aside. And he doesn't believe her. He's like, she's lying. And then who turns out to be her date? Victor, Victor Crumb. And then we see at the beginning of the book, he was Victor Crumb's number one fan. Yeah. yeah. To the point that his family was making fun of him, that he was in love with Victor Crumb. And we really well, get to see that in the movies. Like, I, it's just like, that's so enamored. how much glory this woman gave us in this book. We had the Quidditch World Cup. We have the two schools. Yeah. Program. We have Spew. We have all of these challenges. Wow. We really get to experience the whole wizarding world I'm besides just the, the school. I don't know. I kind of, I don't, obviously I don't like that he was having a fight <laughs> with Harry. I don't like that he was having a fight with Harry, but I think it was kind of nice to see him sort of like man up and, uh, and apologize in his own way to kind of see how happy Harry was just to have Ron back in his yeah. life. It was kind of a nice moment. And friends do need that, you know, yeah. to go, you yeah, need you those fight. conflicts. You fight every now and then. Yeah. Conflict happens, everybody. It's... Yeah, it's necessary for a relationship to evolve. It's just funny now that I shifted from Harry at the beginning of the book, and then it was going Hermione to Hermione. Yeah. yeah, that was quite I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that the fight is kind of cool because it parallels back to the Mirror of Erised, right? Where he's kind of jealous of Harry, just like he's mm-hmm. jealous of everything that's going on with his family. But it also, at the same time, it foreshadows like what's going on in that locket in book mm-hmm. seven. Yeah, yeah so it's kind brings. of a cool moment. Like we're halfway there, and we're kind of calling back to the earlier stuff, but we're also looking forward to what's gonna happen. I would just like to say that the Goblet of Fire movies really did an amazing thing for us with putting him in his aunt's garments, or what looked oh, like his aunt's my, garments. Oh, yes, yes, his aunt's dress robe. Okay. That was beautiful. Do you know what my biggest issue with the dress robes are? What? So the ruffles. Why wouldn't you just have like Hermione trim them with her wand? True. Like you can cut her hair, yeah. but you couldn't have cut off these ruffles. Like why yeah. didn't you just cut them off? Well, because Ron was like, <laughs> upset at Hermione at the yeah. moment. He wasn't talking to her. Okay, but he still knew the spell. Like he probably could have done it. But, right? He hates. <laughs> okay, listen. Uh, Ron skills on Pottermore. Okay. Are we sure? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a skill that we should. I'm sure he would have been able to just like, you know. I don't know what the spell is. Or, I don't know, get scissors? <laughs> if you're going the muggle That's way. That's true. He could have asked one of his muggle friends. <laughs> Muggle-born. Like, muggle-born, sorry. Not his muggle friends. But his muggle-born friends to be like, yo, what are those clippity-clippity things? I'm sure he knows what scissors are. You never know, girl. They didn't know what a rubber duck was. Yeah. But, like, a rubber duck is, like, 
really like exclusive. I don't know. A rubber duck to me seems very muggly, but scissors like muggly. Scott Award. It is now. It is now. Coined it. But yeah, like scissors are scissors. I don't know. Scissors. What would be like the magical scissors. equivalent of scissors? I don't think there would be. We literally just got for (laughs) Either way. A severing charm. That's what I was looking for. A severing. He could have just severed. Either way, comedic Ah. gold. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) So another thing that I really like that we're talking about, like his insecurities and stuff, it's so cool that one of, because I count him as a main character. Obviously, he's not the protagonist, but he is a main character, and he has all these insecurities that he's dealing with. So to have somebody like that, like you have Hermione, who's a strong one, and then you have Ron, who has all these insecurities, and he's still a part of the Golden Trio. I mm-hmm. think that was really cool. Yeah, because yeah. we all struggle true. with that. I like it. Yeah. Again, yes. he's he's the most. I, it's it's strange to me how little people relate to him when he was designed to be the most relatable character. I I I wrote this somewhere at some point, maybe in a journal and a text message. I don't know, but I physically wrote down somewhere. That he is one of the most relatable. Yeah. Probably because I relate to him a lot, but... No, I think in general, like how I was talking about earlier... Yeah. How he has the most realistic responses to Mm -hmm. the world that they're in. Yeah. You know, the insecurities about his family, like that's something that most people with big families go through. Like, he's just very realistic, very down to earth. Like, you don't meet a lot of Hermione's. Like, you don't know a lot of people who are like that. And Harry's... Harry, like <laughs> for being a pure blood wizard, he does a great job of giving us like that realistic sort yeah. of view, right? About all of our internal struggles and stuff like that. Because know. you would assume that a pure blood wizard is kind of like a Malfoy. Where I was about to say like a Draco. They're they're very they seem powerful even if they are evil and they still have like that power towards him. But Ron doesn't emulate that. Yeah, and that Never. and that's still relatable in that sense. He's almost normal. And I don't understand, like, you know, before this, like, before doing research and before, like, really thinking about Ron, I was probably one of the people who hated on Ron, like, more often than not. Um, just I'm because... Shooting daggers out of my eyes. <laughs> well, I mean, I also hated on Harry a lot, so... Yeah, I mean, but he's easy to hate on. <laughs> but Harry was also my crush, but we'll talk about that in the Harry episode. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> There's a lot going on. <laughs> but really, so, like... Ron, I forgot my point. Anyway, <laughs> so, so let's move on to Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. I would just like to start off. I started off Order of the Phoenix in the last episode saying the same exact thing, but Hermione and Ron spend the entire summer together. Which, honestly, this girl like never sees her parents. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just Bro. like, I'm going to go hang out with Ron Weasley. Bye. Yeah, the only time you can see your parents is over the summer. Yeah. And what did she do? Spend the summer with Ron. Yeah. They're in love. Because I don't know. Does she stay for like the holiday breaks? In, in, the, the, begin- in the beginning, she used Sometimes to leave. Yeah, yeah. Like a Philosopher's Stone, I know that she left. But yeah. I don't know about the other books. In Chamber of Secrets, I believe she also left. I could be wrong. But I know for sure that you just stop leaving for Christmas yeah. break altogether. Yeah. Or they spend Christmas break. At the Weasley. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we see you. Mm-hmm. I would have. I would kill for Joe to release like passages of their time together during the summer without Harry. Like, I wonder travels. what they did. Little travels. I find it really interesting that you know, in general, in the stories, we have Harry's point of view, like 
very rarely do we have another character's point of view, mm -hmm. um, even if it is in the third person. So it's interesting to me that, like, whenever Harry stumbles upon, like, Ron and Hermione alone, mm -hmm. or they're just hanging out in the common room together, it doesn't seem like a very natural thing. Like, I think to Harry it seems, like, a little awkward. And I wonder if, like, he just, like, could tell that there were, like, feelings very er early on for them. I don't know. But I just find it, like, interesting how it doesn't... It never seems natural that Ron and Hermione are hanging out by themselves without Harry. I disagree. To Harry. Well, to Harry. I would I agree in that, that sense. Really? I don't, I don't think Harry... I think he gets worried. I mean, I know in, in one of the books, I forget which one, that he gets worried. And he's like, oh, God, like, what if this becomes a thing and I get cut out of it? But I never... I really never got the vibe that he thought it was awkward that they were spending time together. It's true. Because even when he gets, like, to the house, to the to Sirius Black's house, Grimald's mm -hmm. place, even when he gets there, it's not that it's awkward. He's just mad that no one has said anything all summer and he didn't know what was going that's on. True. I feel like that's the major emotion there. Mm -hmm. That's rage, Harry. That's true. And that, they, <laughs> that Harry. We have sassy Harry. We have rage Harry. We get a lot of different Harrys in this book. Oh. Sassy got a lot of personality, but that's for another time. That's true. And they did sit a lot together, especially, like, in Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm -hmm. Like, they they are seen sitting next to each other instead of Ron that, next to Harry. I think that was more like a movie choice, though. I don't know. I just always had the feeling That's when true. reading the books mm -hmm. that it wasn't a typical thing outside of, like, Summers for Ron and Hermione to just be chilling by themselves. Okay. Okay. Now I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Like, it doesn't it it didn't been, seem yeah. like a very natural thing that always happened yeah you know because it, it would naturally be harry and ron because you know bros yeah so like they always at least harry's perspective always made it a point to always point out that they were alone when together. they were alone together maybe after your ball he noticed that he did something dirty to hermione something dirty and he was like listen i don't know what these feelings are but i want to explore them with you stay here for the summer that doesn't sound like something wrong with <laughs> no not at all <laughs> In just my mind, Maybe Ron, Ron literally didn't notice his feelings for her until like the end. He's like, "Oh my god, we're married." Yeah. <laughs> so something that happens over the summer that I feel robbed we didn't get in the movie is mm -hmm. Prefect Ron. Yes, Prefect Ron and, and Quidditch Keeper. Yeah, we get in the movie kind of, but not this one. Not in the not in, not, not in the true the sense. Yeah, but not yeah. in the true sense. So Prefect Ron. I'm so mad that we didn't get to see that in the movie. Mm -hmm. I know. It was, like, one of Ron's, like, glory moments that he, like, saw in the mirror of Erised. You become a prefect and then yeah. you become head boy. Yes. Like, and Molly mm -hmm. is so excited about so it. Excited. And she's going to go buy him a broomstick. And he's like, I don't want my mom to have to spend money. He's just such a pure person. People were surprised that yeah. he got... And you know what? I'm kind of upset that Joe wrote into the book at the end when Dumbledore is talking to Harry. He's like, sorry, I didn't want to make you a prefect. I didn't want to put you in any more danger than I've already put you in. Uh, and I was like, yeah. do not take this moment away from me. Although he was kind of like not a good prefect, but whatever. But he was still, kind of rude. He was really mean to first years. To be honest, though, outside of Harry, who else of the boys would have made a good prefect? Like, 
the boys in that class were all like wrong level. Like Dean were, Thomas, Seamus Finnegan, Noble Longbottom. Might have good, might have good prefect. Yeah, Neville, yeah, like in later years, maybe, but not at this stage. No, no not not at this stage. At maybe at the end of Order of the Phoenix, he yeah. would have made a better prefect. Mm-hmm. But really, like I think, like the natural choice, looking at the boys in the dormitory, Ron, he went through more no, stuff. Oh, the Harry. natural choice is well, Harry. No, but outside of Harry, Harry. Yeah. yeah, outside of Harry, I think it's Ron. Outside of Harry. Yeah. Not that we had a lot of options, but, nope. you know. <laughs> it's fine, you know? Like I don't know. I think it was nice that he got the chance to kind of prove himself. And I think it was nice, too, that it gave him something with Hermione that Harry, like, wasn't invited yeah. to. Yeah, like, oh, my God, sitting in the compartment, the prefect's compartment on uh, the terrain Also together. mad that we didn't get that in the movies, but whatever. That definitely would have added to Rage Harry. Rage Harry. And Sassy Harry. It did add. I think it was good, though, too, because it kind of broke up the click. Like, Harry had to go sit with Luna and Ginny and Neville and yeah. stuff like that. And, and I think he needed Ginny, that. Ginny's in there, right? Yeah. 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 And I think he needed that. I think he needed that, too. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is Ron. Ron also was one of the few people to defend Harry when everybody was against him. A.K.A. Seamus. Yeah, Seamus was a big like anti Harry. He must be he must be lying. Um, before the movies, did anyone pronounce his name Seamus? Me, probably. <laughs> okay, good. <Yeah. laughs> definitely. I had no problem pronouncing Hermione, but I definitely thought this guy's name was Seamus. Yeah, because like I think for us in America, like Seamus, that's not a common name here. I think it's definitely more common in like the UK and in Britain. Like, so for us, like I was like. Seamus? Finnegan? <laughs> How do you say this? So yeah, I think it's cool that he defends Harry to Seamus. And it also kind of reminds me of Dumbledore when he gives Neville those points at the end of the first book. Because, you know, standing up to your friends is yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. So I think it was nice that Ron was like, mm, I don't like you. This is my ride or die. Harry's cool. You know, You're kinda, he kind of learned from his mistake and goblet of fire. Do you see the character development pixie potter head? <laughs> I, I forgot to mention this in our notes, but something I really like in the movies is the, like, stupefied moment between Ron and Hermione in Dumbledore's army. Oh, and Once the, they create it. And the rumor of requirement. And Ron is like, oh, don't worry, I'll take it easy on you. And Hermione is <laughs> like, thank you so much. <laughs> and then as Ron is about to use his spell, she's like, stupefied. And he's just like, ah! Like, have, if you've ever seen that video, yes. he's just like, <laughs> it's the most funniest thing in the world. Uh, they did a really good job with that scene. It was so great. It was. Oh, man. Ron and Hermione in this is so great. It is. I agree. So, um, another thing that Percy Weasley does that has enraged me is he oh. has the audacity to send this letter to Ron in his fifth year. And I never forgave him for this, but I will read you an excerpt. It says... <clears throat> From something the minister let slip when telling me you are now a prefect, I gather you are still seeing a lot of Harry Potter. I must tell you, Ron, that nothing could put you in danger of losing your badge more than continued fraternization with that boy. Ugh. Yes, I am sure you are surprised to hear this. No doubt you will say that Potter has always been Dumbledore's favorite. 
but I feel bound to tell you that Dumbledore may not be in charge at Hogwarts much longer, and the people who count have a very different and probably more accurate view of Potter's behavior. Ew. Ugh. And it says, seriously, Ron, you do not want to be tarred with the same brush as Potter. The list wow. of this, I'm literally looking at the book right now. This starts on chapter 14, Percy and Padfoot. It starts on page 296 and continues to page 298. In like the smallest font. Yes. Italicized. It ever. is such a long letter. But also, what in the world are you saying? This guy is really worried about Ron losing his badge instead of sticking by his friend. Who P.S. Like Percy knows him. It's not like. This is why Percy is the literal worst. Always. And I will never forgive him. Never. Ever. Ever. But good on Ron for not listening to this yeah. idiot. I think it's super great, too, because if my brother, like, wrote to me and said something like this, I mean, I put a lot of stock into what my brother says. And I know that Percy wasn't, like, the favorite brother, and they all kind of made fun of him, but he was still family. So for Ron to ignore his family and still continue defending Harry, I think that's dope. And imagine the reason, a huge reason why Percy felt that way was his was because of his influence from the ministry. And um. imagine that... <laughs> yeah. Political ima- themes. Yeah, political themes. Imagine the government literally being bu- against your best friend. Um, it's, well, at it's least Ron nuts. and all the smart people that Ron surrounded him with, besides his brother, knew that the government had a stick up their butt. Yep. So, moving on to a note that I would just like to mention is the Weasley is our king. Yes! The the theme song is first introduced in this book, not in the best way. It's actually Word of the Phoenix. No, like, no, not in the best way. Like, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Yes, not in the best way because (laughs) actually the theme song originated with the Slytherin. Yeah. Um, And it was back when, you know, he just became Quidditch Keeper. All of the bad, I mean, sorry, all of the good... Quidditch team players for Gryffindor were not allowed to be on the team. Harry was not allowed to be on the team. Fred, George. So he might have felt like he just was on the team because they were running out of people. And then all of these Slytherins start showing up, <laughs> having these badges saying Weasley is our king. It might not exactly be in the best connotation. Um, and then they start singing this really sad song about he is going to let the Quaffle in, and that's why they're going to be winning the game. But by the end of the book, he ends up showing up. And Weasley is our king is then turned to the beautiful song that it is. Yeah. Yes. I would also like to mention fun facts that in Chapter 25, we get to see Luna Lovegood is singing, or humming, actually, this little tune under her breath was really nice because Luna Lovegood was actually really supportive to Ron and Ron really wasn't really nice to Luna back but she was muttering the Weasley is our king theme song in what is our name set namesake the three broomsticks yeah you know okay we've already we're only like what three episodes in we've only been calling ourselves the broom chicks for like a little less than a month mm-hmm. and whenever I talk about the broomsticks I have to think about it. <laughs> you have to change the name, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, and now it's like I'm forcing myself to say the three broomsticks mm-hmm. instead of the three broomsticks. Also another sassy Harry moment because we don't talk enough about how Ron and Hermione are always bickering with each other. Yeah. Uh, but I found this really great quote of Harry, sassy Harry, saying, Oh, shut up, the pair of you, said Harry heavily, as Ron opened his mouth to argue back. 
Hermione and Ron both froze, looking angry and offended. Can't you give it a rest, said Harry. You're always having a go at each other. It's driving me mad. Because they argue like a married couple. I was about to say that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like a super common term anywhere else, but here if you're bickering back and forth, they say, oh, you're bickering like a married couple. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because you're going to be a married couple. (laughs) But not going to lie, I totally identified with Harry here because I was like, oh my God, they're so annoying. (laughs) Almost that was expletive there. I saw it. There's been, like, five years of bickering. Could you imagine being God. in Harry's, like, situation? Being in the middle of all the things? All right. So, best movie known to man. Uh, Pretty cool book. Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince. Best best book. <laughs> Worst. Favorite second movie. Uh, we're never going to agree on this. I'll continue to argue. It's fine. So, anyways, we have a clearly recurring theme with confidence issues. As we see the events of the Quidditch season transpire. On the contrary, I would say that I'm surprised he didn't go back to his jealous habits when Harry was named Quidditch captain. Really? Yeah. I don't think Ron thought he was going to be Quidditch captain. He wanted to quit the team at the time. He wasn't, but it was part of his deepest desire. Oh, to be oh, in the mirror of Arisa, That's true. So I think that's a huge development when it comes to Ron because Ooh, he didn't go back to his... Yeah, development. Because he didn't go back to his like jealous habits. He was really just content for just being on the team. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I think it was more like he had a feeling he just sucked. <laughs> so, But for a hot second, Harry was not allowed to be on the team. Who knows? Maybe there was like a part of him that like yeah, had true. hope. Maybe after they started singing the song in like a positive manner about him, maybe he, you know, he could have gotten carried away. He could have. I personally don't agree with it. But I maybe. don't think so. I think Harry should have been the Quidditch captain, but I'm just surprised and I'm very proud of him for not... You know, I just lashing don't think back. I, we will agree to disagree. I don't think he would have ever felt that way, but I don't know because we didn't get it. So. Yeah, who knows? But anyways, um, so super cute moment during the Quidditch tryout. Hermione confunding Cormac McLogan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate him. Yeah, me too. He's he is so not, annoying. Yeah. But it's just so cute that she's, like, confunding him so that Ron can be keeper, which is kind of sad because she didn't think that he could do it himself, but also super supportive. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Does Ron find out that she did that? Nope. I don't Never? Think so. I mean, Maybe I not for maybe a very long time. Life, when yeah. she's like, hey, we've had a couple kids together, by the way. Oh, man. If I was Ron, I'd be pissed. I would be super mad, but I don't know. Wow. I don't think that, I don't think in the books there's ever, like, a canon moment where he finds out. I mean, I guess, I understand why she did it, but, I don't know. I'd still be mad. Like, if I was Hermione in that situation, I would have done it. But if I was Ron in that situation, I'd be mad. Very strange feelings. (laughs) Very strange feelings (laughs) everywhere. So, um, we also kind of start to see Ron relish in the moment of being a keeper, which I think is kind of funny because he spent so much time thinking that he wasn't good at Quidditch, and then he finally realizes that he is, and then he's like, I'm the coolest dude in town, what's up? My name's Ron Weasley. Yeah, but then it leads to Lavender Brown. Battle of the Kisses. Battle of the Kisses. <laughs> oh, as we remember, if I met, if you listened to our Hermione episode mentioning how Ron felt the pressure from Ginny when he was like, oh, both of your friends have snogged people. And he's like, what? Hermione kissed Victor? I'm going to ignore her and I'm going to kiss this person instead. Oh so. It's just, oh, like... <laughs> this whole 
part of Half-Blood Friends made me want to throw up. <laughs> one, one. Ugh. But it also kind of led to one of the nicest scenes for me to read between Ron and Hermione, which happens later on in the book. So I know that, the, I mean, there's stuff that goes on. He's with Lavender for, like, ever. So like, long. Yes, it seems like a really long time. You know what? It reminds me of... You know how, like, a lot of people make that first mistake in their, in, like, that mistake in their first ever relationship and well, stay yes. with that person yes, I do. way longer than they probably should? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, oh, whatever, like, someone finally likes me. Well, and it also was that he was kind of a coward. Let's just call it like it is. Because, I mean, he wanted to break up with her and Harry knew and Hermione knew and they were just like, bro, do it. And he was like... Well, it was a very physical relationship. Yeah, he even gross. he mentions it how gross. he mentions it how he's always snogging her. They're not really actually talking. Think about that. That's so gross. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the first time ever. Oh my god, someone likes me. I'm just gonna like suck your face. Suck and it's your like ew. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. Like I understand like being 16, being really hormonal. Like we all went through that, but yeah. like. She was oh. very possessive. Very oh possessive God. of him. She was gross. Yeah. But so, also, like, why would you want to call your boyfriend Juan Juan? I don't know. <laughs> like, gross people. <laughs> gross people. If okay. there's somebody out there and your boyfriend just happens to be named Ron and you call him Juan Juan, we're sorry. It's so ba- sorry. baby talk. Like, why would you use that uh, for your boyfriend? Uh, yeah, that's what it is. That is, like, a whole other level. Okay, I'm not going to lie. This sounds super mean and super dark. Oh, God. But they did show Lavender Brown dying in the oh, Deathly Hollows yeah. movie. Yeah. I did not feel a thing. <gasps> Elizabeth! <laughs> is that a little inkling? Yeah, me neither. No. <laughs> yeah. I and really felt some stuff in the book because, like, Fenrir Greyback was, like, over her. And that was, you know, I don't like him. Yeah, nope. I didn't like in the book, maybe I felt, like, a little inkling, but in the movie, I was just like, whatever. No. So, okay, so after all this stuff with Lavender, Ew. we get the, so he's in the hospital after consuming the poisoned mead. Thanks, Draco. But um, he's in the hospital bed, and he's just starting to, like, come around, and he's just starting to talk, and Lavender and Hermione are kind of going at it, and he oh my- calls out for Hermione. Yes! That's probably my favorite Ron Hermione moment, second to, like... The Deathly Hallows when they finally kiss each other. Literally, I think I cried. I think I cried. No, actually, were you in the bathroom with me crying? (laughs) I'm pretty sure I cried because, again, I've been brooding, running for my knee this whole time, ever since I was a little girl, and to finally have that moment where they were so... So close. So intimate. Yeah. It was so... So romantic, so intimate. It was so beautiful. Bye, Lavender. Bye. <laughs> we won't miss you. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay. So, also, Half-Blood Prince gives us um, some of, like, the best sassy Ron moments, I think. So Good sassy Ron. Yes, sassy and, Harry is not good. No. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he's good in the way that it was entertaining for me, but it's not, like, actually good. Yes. But, okay, so I have a couple of quotes. So, I guess Snape is lecturing in his classroom, like he does. Yes. Very important voice. And um, he asks, I guess, a question, and Hermione answers it, and he calls Hermione a know-it-all. And Ron steps steps up and says, 
You ask us a question and she knows the answer. Why ask if you don't want to be told? Dude, Severus Snape. You just yell at Severus Snape like that. But he's speaking the truth. He is. He's dropping truth bombs and he's being brave. That was so great. I loved that part. I'm telling you. And so he also says to Snape, um, when Harry is, he's asking how to tell the difference. What is it between Infrey and what? Zombies or ghosts? What? I don't think zombies. Yeah, you're right. Zombies. <laughs> okay, I'm reading another series and there was something about zombies in it. Okay, I'm getting a little confused. Um, okay, so he's talking about Infury and Harry answers the question. And Snape, of course, is not satisfied with Harry's answer because rude. Duh. And um, Ron says, well, what Harry said is the most useful if we're trying to tell them apart. When we come face to face with one down a dark alley, we're going to be having a shifty to see if it's solid, aren't we? We're not going to be asking, excuse me, are you the imprint of a departed soul? Super sassy. Bay. Just bay. Bay town everywhere. And I just, I don't know, I appreciate him so much for telling off Snake. Because you know how I feel about that dude. But that's for another day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Now, Ron's greatest arc. Greatest arc. <laughs> the Deathly Hallows. Deathly Hallows. Oh. This is this is my note. That's yeah. For me to talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we started off with Harry being all noble, like oh, no, you can't take college potions to become me. That's so dangerous. And Ron is like, dude, relax. We're doing this. Yeah. And I think it's super great that he was like down to drink this and become Harry because that's scary. Yeah. AF. Especially at the end of the last book that we just talked about, he actually says, "We're with you, whatever happens." He yeah. makes that decision to tell. Harry, mm -hmm. we're with you. We're not gonna have Solid our guy, last bro. our last seventh year together. Which also I think is in a way kind of a sacrifice to any of the last hopes he has has of you know being Quidditch captain of being head boy. That can't happen if you're not there for your seventh year. I guess I never thought about that. And he never does. So he kind of we see that he that deepest desire. If it did, if it didn't change. He sacrificed it. Yeah. yeah. It was no longer important in yeah. the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think, maybe I think in general, besides, you know, like the day-to-day, -day, like living at Hogwarts stuff, I think in general, maybe Ron's great at, like, his, what would make him happiest changed in general when Voldemort came back. I think a lot mm -hmm. of people's, like, perspectives changed around that time, and especially when, you know, they saw him in Order of the Phoenix, for the first time ever, like, in person. Cornelius, we're looking at you. One would say he consistently <laughs> developed as a character. Hey. <laughs> well. <laughs> we're not at the end of yeah. the book yet. Me, <laughs> sorry. Okay, yes, he's been developing. He's been developing. But it's, this book. like know, it's a lot in a little bit of time, too. Yeah. Up until this point, up until the Deathly Hollows, Ron is still acting appropriate to his age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, you know, when you're 15, 16, like, if something scary is going on in your family, you understand the gravity of the situation. You feel a lot of it. Like, I went through something scary, like, when I was young with, like, my mom. And, you know, you, you feel it. You go through it. But... 
it's not until Deathly Hollows that he's really acting like someone way older than his age after he comes back. But just because you're developing on track and acting your age doesn't mean that you're not developing as a person. No, no, no. He truly is. I just think, like, compared to everyone else, Mm -hmm. like, the other people in the Golden Trio, Mm -hmm. he had a different type of development. Like, Harry and Hermione developed way faster in, like, larger chunks um, throughout the series. Yeah, it was was just different. It was different. And then... Unfortunately, Ron had to have that big, like, come-to-Jesus moment. It was like a slow cooker, kind of, that we just, cooker. we see the line going uphill, and then Deathly Hallows was just like a shoot-up <laughs> of it was, development. It was, it was a slow cooker, and then you transferred the meat to the pressure cooker, because it needed some extra time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you had to speed up the process. <laughs> and it was just like, zoom, <laughs> zoom, mature. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, I think obviously when we're talking about his exponential growth, I think we can call it, we obviously have to talk about the low point. So, and Ron says this himself, do you guys think that the locket affected him more than it affected Harry and Hermione? I think the way the locket was designed, the locket was designed to make the wearer mad um, in a way and to bring about your insecurities. Mad, like upset or mad like crazy? Both. Okay. Yeah, mad to the point where you would, like, do something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at this point in time, Ron, Ron had the most insecurities out of the three of them. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. I feel like because he had the most insecurities, there was just more for the locket to work oh, yeah. with. So, in turn, it just affected him more than it affected the other two. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But also, think about how horrible it would be to have a piece of Voldemort's soul constantly telling you in your head that you're not good enough, Hermione doesn't love you, she loves Harry, your mom wanted a girl, you're obviously not it, she had all these other sons who did all these other things. Like, Think about those things running through your mind for hours on end when you've already dealt with it for most of your adult life. Yeah. Or your teenage life. Yeah, most of your life. Most of your life, period. I think it also depends on how, as a person, how you react to a situation. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about how Hermione is emotionally intelligent. So if she's hearing all her own insecurities, which could exist, she's sure. she's mature enough to, you know, hold on to those. Harry, I think he is as well, just because of everything he's gone through with, like, the Dursleys um, and all the times he's interacted with Voldemort, especially with Goblet of Fire and that tragedy and watching someone die in front of you. Um, I think it's just different with Ron, who might is a little bit more impulsive mm-hmm. when it comes to his emotion. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's reactive. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why it also affected him yeah. differently, if not more so. And I think also, um, I forget who brought it up, either Harry or Hermione when they were fighting with Ron, but this is really the first time in Ron's life where stuff got hard. Stuff yeah. got real. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never really had to experience that before. He lived a very sheltered, beautiful life. Like, yeah. yes, so did Hermione, but the second she entered the wizarding world, you know, that's a huge shift in her oh, life. that's raw. And then not only that, but then now, like, having to obliviate her parents. Like, you know, Hermione 
just went through a little bit more or was willing to go through more. And Ron literally up until this moment was always sheltered by his family, always sheltered by the people who loved him. And this is the first time where it's like, well, all bets are off. Like, yeah, because that was the beauty, right? Of this big family that kind of overshadowed him for so long. It also gives you a place to hide. Yeah. Oh my God. Think about it, right? Like I'm just realizing this now. It also gives you a place to kind of hide and you don't have to stand out if you don't want to because you can just kind of climb back into the shadows and chill out for a little bit because there's so many other people. But this was like his moment to shine and there was nowhere for him to hide. This is also the first time he really understands his feelings for Hermione. So not like, like he can't ignore his feelings anymore. He knows. He knows he has feelings for Hermione, yeah, yeah. and now those feelings are right up in his face with his insecurities on top of that. Mm-hmm. So as he's wearing the locket, he's watching. Anytime Hermione like walks over to Harry yeah. or interacts with Harry, that's like Voldemort. Yeah, it's like a paranoia. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, what are they talking about? Does she prefer him over me? All of that's going on Which through is his not. mind. Okay, think about the times that Ron and Hermione up at this up. To this point, have actually spent time alone together. You know, when they were at Grimmauld's place, they fell asleep holding hands. Like, uh, they well, are... it is insinuated that they were holding hands. It has not. It's not <laughs> cold hard fact. Well, uh, Harry says that it looks like they might have been holding hands. And they they were, fell asleep and they drifted apart. They were holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> we're making it canon. <laughs> but I mean, like, at least Harry is noticing that there are real, like indications that a relationship is forming between Hermione and Ron even though like maybe they haven't made like the actual step to like kiss each other obviously yet but you know it's like the beginning like oh we're having feelings for each other let's be a little bit more close let's be a little bit more cuddly so even with all of that I just find it so absurd that like Ron had those intimate moments with Hermione at this point and then she just talks to Harry and he's like why are you talking to him (laughs) yeah I don't know I don't know. It shows us also that, and I think this is important, like our heroes, because I count him as a hero, they're not infallible, yeah, right? They're not really always important. right all the time. They make mistakes. It's how you come back from that that yeah. really proves your... Who he is, his bravery. Yeah, like who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I really do think it did. Me personally, I think that was his bravest moment Throughout all of those books. What? Coming back? Him coming wow, back, yeah. saving Harry, and looking Hermione in the and, face and asking for forgiveness. Yes. And it wasn't just, okay, I'm going to come back now. He had no. to follow them for so long yeah. and yeah. wait and watch and hope. and think By about, himself. By yeah. himself. Which, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine how scary that must be? Like, there were snatchers going out everywhere. Snatchers. Voldemort's all over the place. He's really the one out of the three of them that knows what's going on outside their little, like, tent of magic. And he must have been so scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. But also, when he comes back and he's like, kind of like asking for forgiveness and stuff, he Ooh. says, and this is a direct quote, if you'll have me. How sad is that? He um, thinks that they're not going to take him back. I have another one. Crying in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> this is another direct quote. So it goes, he, well, Ron's ears turned bright red and he became engrossed in a tuft of, gra- in a tuft of grass at his feet, which he prodded with his toe. He must have known I'd run out on you. And then, no, 
Harry corrected him. He must have known you'd always want to come back. Snaps oh. for Harry. Chills every single time. Like, bye. Wow. Yeah. I was already crying while reading most of Deathly Hollows. <laughs> <laughs> this definitely spiked to that moment. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> when Chills. Yeah, these, these goosebumps need to go away. Well, to maybe talk, talk about something a little bit more uplifting. <laughs> um, so there is a moment where I thought it was kind of beautiful as a parallel from the third book. Um, that hair, uh, Ron was one of the first people to comfort Harry when Hedwig was, oh, yeah. like, lost in the Battle of the Seven <laughs> Potters. I know. Um, he knew... A he knew a part of his childhood died, and I think Ron specifically <laughs> knows that because he's been through that. You know, he even though Scabbers was a hand me down and he wasn't the perfect pet, he still really cared about Scabbers. Yeah, and then even even Pigwidge too. Like, you see that yeah. pattern where he's like, "Oh, Pigwidge, and he's so annoying." Ew, but really, he likes that owl. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, it, Ronald, he was one of the first to be there for him. So I thought that was really sweet. I'm literally crying. Why did you bring up the headwig? I'm sorry. Let's cry some more. So I'm gonna cry so much during the Harry episode. I apologize already. I can't even Let's begin go. to like understand the emotions that will come over me <laughs> in that episode. It's all fine. So something else that's kind of emotional, and when they're at Mapoy Manor, I brought it up last time too in the Hermione episode, is hearing Jim Dale narrate how Ron is like begging Bellatrix to take Hermione's place. Like, torture me instead. Ask me questions. Like, yeah. not Hermione. Mm -hmm. Bruh. Boyfriend of the Year Award. True. Oh, my God. And it was the worst thing that Bellatrix responded back with. She was like, oh, don't worry. You'll be the second since you're a blood traitor. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, no. It yeah, but doesn't work. she say that, like, if Hermione dies or something? Yes. Like, imagine hearing Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. The worst. Literally, crazy. the worst. The bravery of these Gryffindors. I would also like to mention as well, there's another parallel from the theme of Ron always being the one uh, knowing about the Wizarding World. That's yes. stuff that you can't tell within a textbook. Yeah. He was the only one to know what the tales of the Beetle of the Bard were. This is something I love about the Deathly Hallows movie. Yes. Like, Especially no? the movie shows it. Papatee, rapatee. <laughs> It was so good. It was so good. And I also like when they're in Xenophilius's house, mm -hmm. and he's like, no, mom always says at Twilight. And she's like, do you want to tell this story? And I'm just like, bickering married couple. <laughs> Back to normal. Back to normal. Oh. Uh, there's, just so, there's just so much happening. So much character development. Speaking oh. of character development, <laughs> one of the like defining moments, and it happens right before the kiss. When they're in the room of requirement and they're just making all these preparations and who's going to do what and who's going to go where. And he's like, well, don't we need to tell the house elves? And isn't it Hermione or is it Harry that's like, oh, for what? So they can fight? And he's like, no, dude, we need to protect them. Like, tell them to get out of here. <gasps> Boom. Romance. Romance. That's it. And I also love that Harry is like, do we really have to do this right now? Like, can we wait for later? No, we can't, Harry. No, because they're important. You know, Harry, like... I know he was going through a lot, a lot of thoughts, but, you know, he just lost Dobby. He should be thinking of the house elves. No, I don't think it was about the house elves that he was like, let's go, bro. I think it was, there was, like, literally a waging war outside. Well, and they're like, yeah. let's make out right now. Meow. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just read. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I just read the next note. Is this that? Um, no. So, 
Uh, I didn't realize this until after rereading The Deadly Hallows, but Ron witnessed Fred's death. <sighs> and he just kind of breaks down. Hermione, you know how to pull him and tell him to keep going. Oh, but could you, oh my God, but could you imagine? Oh, my God. Stop. No, I'm actually my friend. No, no, no. No, no. If you cry, I will cry. Don't make me cry on this podcast. <laughs> I'm laughing I'm nervous. Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so hold on. Somebody asked on social media if you could change. <laughs> if you could change one part of the Harry Potter series, what would you change? And I said that I would take back Sirius Black's death. Like, I nope. don't think it should have happened. No. Nope. Fred, bro. That was so unnecessary. Mm. And cruel. It was somebody, cruel. Somebody on, somebody on our Twitter. We follow someone on our Twitter, and they, like, retweeted the scene of Fred and George, like, right before the battle starts. And they're like, How you I can't even get through this. I can't do it. <laughs> Uh, no, stop it! Elizabeth is like, stop I'm it. crying. I'm gonna cry because you're crying. No crying. No crying. Music. Happy music. <laughs> oh man, when we talk about the Weasley family, I'm gonna be mush. I have it in the Google, um, like the little doc that we have about episode ideas. Just like a whole one dedicated to Fred and George, and we're cutting it at book six. Oh god. Because like I can't. I cannot. Nervous laughter. <laughs> yeah okay wait yeah he had to watch his brother die uh, uh. honestly these last this no not these last honestly the this book really really tested ron in so many ways so many man so many ways he that had, he had to grow up so much and i think that I mean, in general, everyone she did. did but. Oh my god, I can't. But this book specifically really made me really reinforce the idea of why I think now that I've done my research again and refreshed my mind, Ron really did deserve Hermione at the end. I think so. Actually, no. I know so. Actually, oh. I want to amend the statement. Hermione deserved Ron. Uh oh uh, what? She's a minister of magic. You be nice Congrats. to her. I mean I'm being nice to her, but I feel like everybody is always so focused on like Hermione's so great and blah blah blah. You okay, can say Ron that you are Ron. Too. Like <laughs> Ron is awesome too. They Ron both is, deserve each other. Ron Not like trying great. to shame her. That is also but, that is also true. He ends like, up becoming an R for two years yeah. and then just stops. Uh, He's like, no, nah, nah. it's not for me. I mean I'm good at it. But it's not for me. I want to work. Well, he just at, he goes to help his brother George. Yeah, exactly. Crying again. I'm crying again. <laughs> okay, but I'm I'm just saying that yes, Hermione is a great addition to his life. But I feel like everybody should recognize what a treasure she found in Ron. Of course, they're both yes. equally deserving of each other. So Hermione and Ron together forever, forever, forever. That was like something that I shipped before I knew that shipping was a thing. <laughs> Before the internet before shipping before was ship invented. sailed. Before ship sailed. So, since we're talking about the Deathly Hallows, I just want to uh, bring something up from Pottermore that I was reading, and I wrote it down because I thought it was interesting. So, while Ron seemed completely unreasonable, we didn't understand what was happening in his head. And this is in reference to what's going on with the locket. So, encased in the locket, Voldemort's soul fragment had been eating away at his mind, whispering terrible thoughts that he couldn't dismiss. As much as Mrs. Weasley loved each of her children equally, Ron couldn't help but feel insignificant. His older brothers were all special in their own ways, while Ginny was both the only girl and the baby of the family. 
This led to Ron's tragic assumption that as boy number six, he must have come as a disappointment. With little enough room at the burrow already, Ron always felt in danger of being squeezed out. Cries some more. But also, Pottermore says, that he calls himself a, like, a blood traitor, and he's super happy about yeah. it. He is super proud to say it. Go, Ronald! <laughs> a testament to Arthur and Molly. So I think our episode summary in general is... Ron's great. Ronald Weasley <laughs> is our king. <laughs> Weasley is her king. Yes. And um, he's like our chosen one. He's not the chosen one. He's just a re- such a relatable character that he rose up to circumstance as Harry's best friend. Yes. Go, Ron. Yes. And so this is something... This is probably one of my favorite things that I've read about Ron, but also from Pottermore, there's an article that says why Ron is our chosen one, which just sums up my whole view stance on the Harry Potter series. But it says, that's why Ron is our chosen one. His heroism wasn't thrust upon him. He had to fight, sometimes against himself, to do the right thing. And in the end, he always did. Yay. And I've just, I've never felt so proud. Never felt so proud. The development. That is our Ronald Weasley. That is our Ronald Billius Weasley. That's the witchcraft sis. (laughs) (laughs) So I think... I think that's it for today's episode. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we covered a lot. There was tears. There was smiling. There was wow. laughter. Wow. Yeah. We went wow. through a roller coaster of emotions a roller there. Coaster of Someone would say a Hagrid's adventure kind of roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Twists anyway, and turns. That is it for today, kids. Remember to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at the Three Broom Chicks. You can also find us on Twitter at the number three broom chicks. And go like our Facebook page, The Three Broom Chicks. And make sure to catch our next episode dropping on his birthday, The Chosen One, The Boy Who Lives, <laughs> Harry Potter! Harry Potter! Harry Potter! Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we are The Three, Three Broom Chicks! And Weasley's our king. Bye! Bye.